My name is Heather L. Zane, and welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. But what I did know, and what is just so, to me, one of the many gifts of Alcoholics Anonymous is that I define who my higher power is. You know, growing up in a religion, the religion defined who my higher power was. So I struggled with that. And being able to sit and write down and say, okay, this is who God is to me. He's kind. He's a gentleman. He's forgiving. He's loving. Welcome to the Daily Reflection Podcast. My name is Michael Lynn from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I'm Lee McGinnis from Leesburg, Virginia. As members of the recovery community, we created this podcast as a way to provide experience, strength, and hope through the lens of the Daily Reflection book. Each day, we interview members of the recovery community in the hope that their experience may provide inspiration. We value inclusion and diversity, and we really want to provide a platform for all the voices of recovery. We aren't affiliated with any 12-step or recovery program, but you may hear these mentioned throughout the course of an interview. Hey, before we get to the show, I'd like to ask a favor. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it'd be great if you could leave us a comment or a rating. This is going to do a couple of things. It's going to help us expand our reach and improve the show. We hope you enjoyed this episode. All right, today's July 4th, and in the studio with me is Heather L. Zane. Welcome to the show, Heather. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks. It's great to be here. Fantastic. So we get started in the same way every day. We read the Daily Reflection. Heather, would you get us started? Sure. So my name is Heather, and I'm an alcoholic. A natural faith. Deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship, of other things, but in some form or other it is there. For faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. Alcoholics Anonymous, page 55. I have seen the workings of the unseen God in AA rooms around the country. Miracles of recovery are everywhere in evidence. I now believe that God is in these rooms and in my heart. Today, faith is is natural to me, a former agnostic as breathing, eating, and sleeping. The 12 steps have helped to change my life in many ways, but none is more effective than the acquisition of a higher power. Thanks for reading that. Heather, before we get started, what's your sobriety date? July 26, 2014. So God willing, next month, I'll have seven years. Wow. Fantastic. This month. It's July 4th. It's July 4th, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, congratulations on on that. Thank you. And um, it was 2014, you said, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get into the daily reflection. But before we do, maybe talk a little bit about what was happening in 2014 that brought you into the rooms. Oh debacle. So I had tried to get sober, um, a couple times. Um, I tried to seriously get sober in 2013. Um, the first time I ever got called out by my boss at the time on my alcoholism was 2012. So between that and the time I actually ended up going into inpatient rehab and getting sober, uh, it was two years. So, you know, at that point I was very physically ill. Um, I had a stomach full of ulcers, which, you know, I would swallow eight pills a day with wine to try and get rid of those ulcers, um, you know, and sit there and rub my stomach and be like, Oh, um, that didn't work, huh? No, no, it did not. Um, was not a cure. Um, my marriage was falling apart. Um, you know, my ex-husband certainly had his side of things, but that's not my business. I know that today I have to own my own side. You know, my, um, I was having an affair with alcohol basically, 
And I was doing, you know, not smart things when it came to the care of my kids. And it was just a matter of time before I was going to lose my job. So, you know, and I was just basically causing a shitstorm in my life. I had really, I started to isolate. So my life was a mess. I was, you know, spiritually bankrupt, mentally and physically a mess. And I had contemplated for a while about, I mean, I knew I was an alcoholic, you know, I knew I was mm-hmm. powerless over it. Um, I struggled with the, the manageability piece. You know, I always looked at things from the outside and said, well, I still have a job and I still kind of have a husband and mm-hmm. a house and kids. And, you know, my kids were always clean and, you know, all, you know, my house was in good order. You know, I was always about looking great from the outside and I was just a mess on the inside. Um, so I finally, I had been contemplating going into impatient. I had done an IOP and failed at it miserably. Um, I kept thinking like, what are people going to think of me? You know, I was so concerned about everybody else, which was, you know, <laughs> my life pretty much. And so finally I just, I, I went to bed one night after I had been gone for a couple of weeks, my dad had an aortic aneurysm. So I was up in Massachusetts dealing with family stuff and came back and, um, my sister-in-law came to pick up my kids unbeknownst to me. And so the kids went off and that was kind of like, you know, my freedom to just start drinking again. And so I did, and I went to bed that night and I don't know, it's, I, I almost feel like it was my a spiritual experience, uh, like a spiritual awakening while I was sleeping, if that makes any sense. Um, mm-hmm. Come to find out that was my grandmother's birthday, um, who I was extremely close to, um, So I don't know if that's some significance or not to me, it is. Um, And I woke up the next day super early and I was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. And Mm -hmm. I got pretty wasted because I was not going in sober. Um, And I called my ex-husband, my insurance company, my boss at the time and said, I need to go away. And so I did. And I went into detox um, for four days. And then I went to rehab, um, on my son's 12th birthday, July 30th, 2014. Yep. And my wow. life changed from there. Thank God. Yeah. Well, speaking of God, the, the reflection talks quite a bit about God and this idea of a higher power. Um, I like that it says a natural faith. I, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, it mentions God in the rooms of AA. Do you feel like God is in the rooms? Yes. Yeah. You know, in the beginning of my sobriety, I struggled with the higher power thing and, and the God thing. And um, I was raised a Catholic. So my higher power in the beginning was the fellowship. Um, I clung to the fellowship. And, you know, I, I see and hear God through other people in the rooms of AA. Um, and not only in the rooms of AA, but, you know, I've come to almost, I don't know, it's like you're kind of clued into it and you can hear it everywhere. I mean, he's in there, even when people share about their struggles with the higher power and the whole God thing, um, you know, I feel like that's almost God talking through them because newcomers need to hear that. Right. Um, I was just talking to a newcomer today um, and she, she's struggling with it. You know, Uh, she grew up, her mom was Christian. Her dad was atheist. She's confused. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) right Right. you know and i just explained to her i said you it takes time you know i don't think i really really connected with my higher power until i was probably almost five years sober um so i clung to the fellowship and hearing it through other people as the reflection says it may be obscured by calamity pomp worship of other things but in some form or other it is there 
you know, talking about the fundamental idea of God, for some of us, I needed to experience a level of desperation that, you know, had me searching for some, some power greater than myself, because I wasn't able to stop on my own. You know, I'm, I'm wondering if you can relate to that. Oh, absolutely. You know, the first time I tried to get sober, I would say, I always, and I, and I didn't, I failed at it. Um, I would say, oh, it's because I couldn't get comfortable. Maryland's an awful state. I blamed it on the state of Maryland. Right? <laughs> Sorry to all those who live in Maryland. Um, but what it was is I wasn't ready to concede. And also I had no connection at all to, to a God or to a higher power. Like not even, mm-hmm. I didn't even know who mine was or no concept. When I went into the inpatient rehab, I remember saying to the, um, the counselor, like the head counselor, you know, you know how insurance works, right? It's, they decide how long you're going to stay in rehab really at the end of the day. And they had come like a week into it and said, okay, we're going to, we're cutting you off. You get a week. And I was like, oh my God, a week, like, you know, and thankfully I, I, I was, I have a family who was um, able to keep me there, you know, wanting to stay and the insurance ended up getting straightened out anyway. But I remember saying to this counselor, like, I'm not ready to leave. Like, I don't have a God. And I just knew that I needed, I needed a higher power. I needed something outside of myself. And it wasn't really until I got into the rooms of AA that they talked about making the fellowship your higher power. Um, but what that counselor said to me that day, and it really like resonated with me is she said, well, you know, do you believe in, in, in a higher power? And I said, I do, I do. I just don't know who he is or she is or what he is, or I, I don't know. And she said, well, it sounds to me like you just need to rebuild your relationship. Yeah. That, yeah, that makes sense. You know, cause yeah. at one point, um, even though, and what I found out too, and going through the steps again with my um, current sponsor, just again, when I was touching on five years of sobriety is that, you know, when I did, when I, when I went through the steps a couple other times, I kind of skated over two, um, <laughs> you know, just like one of the most important steps. And so never understood why I couldn't get three because I didn't know. And I remember her saying to me, well, if you don't know who you're letting go to, how can you let go? And what I came to realize is I had a lot of prejudices, you know, mm-hmm. against the religion. And I had no idea what my concept of a higher power was. And, but what I did know and what is just so, to me, one of the many gifts of Alcoholics Anonymous is that I define who my higher power is. You know, growing up in a religion, the religion defined who my higher power was. So I struggled with that. Um, and being able to sit and write down and say, okay, this is who my God, I, I, I call my higher power God. This is who God is to me. He's kind. He's a gentleman. He's, you know, forgiving. He's loving. That's been able to, it's almost like I broke down that wall, that barrier between me and God. And now when I invite God into my life, um, you know, every morning when I pray and, and in the evenings when I thank God for keeping me sober, when I invite him into my life, it's like, I know who I'm inviting in. <laughs> I feel yeah. safe. You know, um, I had no concept of that. Yeah. You, know, if you don't know who you're inviting in. It's like, how can you, how can I turn my will? Like my will is one of the strongest things I have, mm-hmm. how good or bad, you know, how can I turn that over to somebody that I don't even know who I'm turning it over to? And I didn't get that until I just started working with like, it's the most incredible sponsor. And, you know, she, how did, how did you get that sponsor? 
So um, it's funny. I had, um, I was at a point in my sobriety. I had a wonderful sponsor before that too, but she was more of a friend. What I realized I was in such a dark place at that time and going through a, a breakup in a relationship and just, you know, a change of job and all these things and just not in a good space. And what I realized is that I'm like, I need somebody who is going to hold my ass to the fire. I had never been taken through the steps of our, of AA using the big book, which now blows my mind. Right. I always say that I think the men in the program do it better than the women. No offense. Cause all my guy friends are like, what, what you didn't go through the book, you know? And I'm like, no. And then my current sponsor, she, um, we kind of ran in the same circles, but we had never had an opportunity to really build a friendship. You know, we were kind to each other. We were involved in each other's celebrations and, and things like that, but she had something I wanted and her wisdom just when she would share. Um, and I know that she lives by the book. And so I approached her and I said, you know, I'm looking for a new sponsor, you know, would you be willing? And, um, well, she said, yes, I would. And then she said, but you need to understand if I'm your sponsor, I'm not your friend. So you need to be willing and okay with the fact that we're going to give that side of our relationship up. And if I'm going to be your sponsor, I'm going to be your sponsor. And I said, well, no, that's what I need. And then I said, I really need someone to hold my ass to the fire. And she said, well, that's not my job as your sponsor to hold your ass to the fire. Um, you know, my job is to, to do the steps with you and to bring it back to the big book. And that's what she does mm. every time, you know, yeah. and I know what, what to bring to her. And then I know what not to bring to her. I mean, I can, I can bring everything to her, but you know, you go to your girlfriend's event about the minutia, right? Mm. You go to your sponsor mm -hmm. to really understand to bring you back to the book and to bring you back to, you know, to your higher power. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's pretty much how I found her. And so how has that relationship changed the way that you work the program and possibly sponsor others? So it's, um, gosh, it's totally changed how I work the program. Um, you know, before I would kind of knuckle through everything and, I never went referred back to the big book. You know, I never, I would read our literature, but I never really fully, I think, understood our literature. Um, and, you know, working with my current sponsor, every time I bring a, a, a problem to her or an opportunity, <laughs> she likes to say, they're just, God is just giving you opportunities. And I'm like, I don't really not in the mood for opportunities today. <laughs> um, she goes back to the book. And, or she'll say, you know, she has said, Bill sees it. She said, whenever you're feeling any type of emotion and trying to figure that emotion out, this is a great piece of our literature that will help you figure out those emotions. Mm. Um, and also what's fantastic about her is that, and it always blows my mind, she pays attention to my patterns, right? Because mm. we're in this to try and change our patterns and change the way we do things that, you know, to live a better life and to become freer. And when I'm doing something, she will recognize the pattern and say, okay, do you, do you understand why you did that? And I'll say, yeah, well, I was pissed off or I was, you know, emotional or whatever. And she'll say, well, what, she said, what I believe or what I've experienced it, when that happens to me is, you know, fear and shame and, you know, whatever it is. And so she, she helps me recognize that, which is what I need in a sponsor. 
you know, I need her to help with that versus having a sponsor that's like, you know, that's, I don't know, I don't want to say placating, but saying, oh, it's okay, it's going to get better, you know, this too shall pass, pray about it. Um, like, I need someone to say, okay, we just attack, we just attacked the same situation, you know, two weeks ago. Um, let's see what you can change, um, you know, moving forward. So that, that's much different. Um, so it's, it's, that's definitely changed about my program. Um, I don't actually sponsor women. Um, however, um, you know, God, we plan God laughs. I've always said, you know, I'm not someone who's going to, I don't want to sponsor women. Like I'm just not, I can't deal with it. You know, blah, blah, blah. I've done a lot of service work. However, I am the operations chair of a woman's sober home. So I have eight, basically eight sponsees slash daughters (laughs) slash, you know, and they all have sponsors. I don't work the steps with any of them, but you know, our platform is the 12 step program. And um, so in a way I'm a sponsor to those women. And they do way more for me than what I do for them. Well, this is fascinating. Was this a a role that you came into after getting into recovery? Yeah. So just about three years ago, probably close to four, um, a woman in the program um, came to me. I didn't know her that well, had seen her in meetings. And she said, you know, I have this this dream project I want to do. I want to open a woman's sober home. and." you know, would you be interested? I know you're, you do a lot of servers. Would you be interested in getting involved? And I said, sure. And and this stemmed from her um, going through, um, she's got multiple years of sobriety now about 33 years of sobriety. And she had a sister who unfortunately ultimately passed away from this disease about a year and a half ago, but she had gone through the experience of trying to constantly find sober living facilities for her sister. And there is, and then realizing that there are such limited resources Mm-hmm. in Loudoun County, really in the state of Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, especially for women. So fast forward, <laughs> three years later, we opened a house in October um, and we're in the process now of um, opening a men's house. Um, we just need to find a property. That's not, it's not the easiest time to do that right now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we have a full house. We have eight women in the house. We have a peer resident leader that lives there and it's all service work for me. It's amazing. It's, I mean, talk about an opportunity to become usefully whole. That's a beautiful thing. Yep. Absolutely. So I want to dip back into the reflection for a moment. Now it mentions miracles of recovery are everywhere in evidence. Have you experienced miracles in your recovery? Oh yeah. Well, first of all, I'm alive. There you go. That, that yeah. itself was a miracle. Amen. Um, you know, my, when I got sober, uh, given the situation with my marriage at the time, did not have a relationship with my ex-husband. I will say we co-parented, but this was a man that I'd spent 20 years of my life with and deeply, deeply in love with him. And when things crashed and burned, I had so much anger and resentment. Um, mm. And today... I can honestly say he's one of my best friends, you know, not only do we co-parent well, but we talk about everything and anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, that's a miracle because I did not want any part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think just physically how I feel 
is a miracle. I mean, I was so sick, so sick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, spiritually, the fact that I actually have connected with a higher power and I can continue to connect, you know, and grow in my spirituality, that's a miracle. And, you know, the squirrels don't play badminton as quite as much as they used to in my head. <laughs> my head is not as dangerous of a place as it used to be. And when it gets there, I know what to do. Um, yeah. That's definitely a miracle. What you're talking about is it's a wholesale change of perspective and a wholesale change in the way that you live. And you described it in your relationship with your sponsor. What has become apparent to me, and it's, it's witnessed in, your, in, in what you're talking about, when you constantly look at life from the perspective of how you can be helpful, and number two, when you do have strife, you look at your part in it, and you're constantly reminded by somebody like a sponsor that when we act on situations through our character defects, you know, that's where the strife comes from. So how can you not become a more effective, more efficient, more happy uh, individual? So yeah, that's uh, that's apparent in, in what you're talking about. We do have listeners that might not be in the program yet. Maybe they're dipping their toe in the water. Maybe they're listening to this thinking, you know, maybe this is something that I want to try. What kind of advice might you have for somebody like that? It can't be any worse than it is, right? <laughs> um, you just you just have to be open-minded. You have to try it. You have to, um, I think the biggest thing really is just being open-minded to it and being open to it. Mm. And, you know, it it's, things are going to take, time to, to get comfortable. Um, but what I found is that not only for myself, but you hear it with other people too, you know, the most uncomfortable people in their skin in the world, when they come into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, they become very comfortable. Now it takes time to become comfortable with who we are, but you're just automatically welcomed, right? You're with a group of people that are just as messed up as you are. Um, and with people that truly care at the end of the day, they want you to get better. You don't find that really. I mean, I don't know where else you would find that. Yeah. Um, you know, just like we say, stay until the miracle happens. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I love that. Well, is there anything else you'd like to tell the audience before we begin to wrap? No, I just, you know, I'm so grateful for my life today. Um, I'm still a huge work in progress and, mm-hmm. You know, I, I can now identify defects. I thought I never had, you know, I came in here thinking that I had no fear of anything and that I didn't have an ego. Um, you know, I never, I never, I thought I was an alcoholic for three years when I came in here and it wasn't until I worked the steps that I realized that, you know, blacking out at the age of 13 is not normal, but I get to, I get to live a really cool life today. You know, the ability to be of service to other people out of the, out of the genuosity of my heart. And because I want to stay sober, you know, where it used to be everything I did for anybody, I had to let the whole world know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I do it to stay sober and I do it to help another alcoholic. Um, you know, life is good today and in simplistic form, it's just a beverage but it's a beverage that's going to cause a whole lot of shit Mm -hmm. and it's not worth it. It's just not for me today. It's not worth it. You know, and I constantly have to play that tape because of course at moments in in our sobriety, we have these fleeting thoughts, you know, you feel Mm -hmm. good. Life is good. You know, spiritually you're in a good spot. 
you think, um, you know, physically, mentally, and you think, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I'm really not an alcoholic. Maybe I could just have one, you know, and, and all I have to do is play the tape or mm-hmm. talk about God moments things will happen. You know, like I'll be thinking that thought and then I'll be driving down the street and I look over and I see people on their back patio, you know, especially in the summer, right? Everything shimmers. Mm -hmm. And the first thought in my head is where's their wine glasses? Why Mm -hmm. isn't anybody drinking on that deck? Okay. Normal people don't think that way. You know, you go into a restaurant the first thing you do is scope out the tables and you look and you see what, you know, people that leave half glasses and you're like, Oh my gosh, like who does that? (laughs) Well, normal people do that um you know this is definitely a life worth living for sure Mm. way better than it was well heather thanks so much for joining me today and sharing your experience strength and hope i truly appreciate it thank you for having me i always uh i i enjoy it thank you so much thanks so much for listening if you want to find us online you can follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash daily reflection podcast you can find us on twitter at daily reflector You can read stories of recovery from our community at blog.dailyreflectionpodcast.com. Please don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. We greatly appreciate it. Have a great day.